you have your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 22. And a few weeks ago, I was praying over uh, this meeting. And immediately, as soon as I, I got quiet and from asking the Lord, I'm, you know, where, where, where do you want, what do you want me to talk about to the men of heritage? And he said, first, I want you to, I want you to say this. He said, he said, I want you to let them know that every time they get in my word and every time they get in my presence, their value increases. Now, it doesn't mean that God, God loves everyone. But what it really comes down to is when we're in his presence and we're in the word, we have a revelation of our value. It's not that I'm earning a greater place with God. So because I want you to speak into their value and how valuable each, each man in this room is. You're valuable. And you don't understand how valuable you are. We, we, can't, we, we can't fully know to this point what God fully sees about us. Now, we can grasp it some things in the Word. But it's, but it's something that we continue to grow in understanding of how much He values each one of us. And the next thing He said, I want you to talk about the value of a good name. The value of a good name. And this is the, our scripture that uh, I'm going off of this morning. In Proverbs 22, verse 1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Can you say that with me? A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Meaning, I don't forfeit a good name to gain worldly results. Your name is so much more than the name your parents gave you. Your name. Names have meaning. Names have value. The moment that you're born, your parents give you that name. And then throughout your life, there's different things that are trying to identify things associated with that name. You know, there was names that I, I received growing up. Some names were good and some names were not so good. Your, your choices, your actions can all of a sudden associate different things to your name. Maybe generations before you didn't have a good name. And there's a stigma with that name. Like for me, it's like I, I would not want to have been born and my parents, my last name be Manson. And my parents name me, hey, let's name him Charles. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, it's like, it, it's like, I mean, <laughs> who's he? <laughs> well, I do turn 50 in a couple weeks, uh, a couple months, so I do know who Charles Manson is. But, but we, could, we could throw out a bunch of names. 
and things are associated with those names. Like, I mean, I could throw out Bill Clinton, and you could say, I did not inhale. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with her. <laughs> Cross the line there, did I? But, but I mean, it's just things. It's like, the thing is, is, is uh, there was a gentleman by Lord Jeffrey. He says this. It goes, he goes, it can take a long time to build a name, but you can lose it in a moment. Names, names mean things. I, I, you throw out different names. Martin Luther King. There's certain things that associate character, qualities. There's things that you associate with that is like, oh, and, and those associations can be like, oh, I trust that name. Oh, that name. Oh, that's a great name. You know, growing up, I, I watched a lot of different sports, and there's different ones that, that, um, that, that I watched. And, and I think about, you know, some of their accomplishments and how, how great they were as athletes, but they're not remembered for how great they were as athletes. One of them was because I, I played several different positions in baseball, and one of them was I, I played catcher. And, and so one of the people that I would watch and pretend to be in the backyard was Pete Rose. But he was probably one of the greatest catchers that ever played the game. Hitters that ever played the game, but yet he still won't go into the Hall of Fame because he's known for betting. I mean, think about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Another one that comes out to me is, is you know, person I pretend to be in, in, in the backyard, you know, Roger Clemens. Was it 300 wins, 4,000 strikeouts, but yet he's known for steroids. Think about it. You have a name and you've had great accomplishments, but what is attached to that name? A good name is to be chosen. See, to, have, to make a decision right now, doesn't matter what yesterday brought. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. It doesn't matter what even what generations before you did with your name. The question is, a good name is to be chosen. So don't, don't hold on this thing of it and use excuses of why we can't go to another level as men because in saying, oh, well, because of this or because of them or because of that. No, I'm choosing to have a good name. Amen. When your name is spoken, what do people think about? When your name is spoken, what does your spouse think? Whoa. <laughs> that he's the best. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, there's a lot in, in your name. You, you have destiny associated with your name. Another people I thought I was like, you know, Chris Weber, great basketball player. But how do they associate? Give me a timeout, Weber. I mean, they had no timeouts last, and they're about to go out of the ground. He goes, it's like they didn't have any timeouts. <laughs> so that's what he's known for. I mean, how about even we, we, we can look at different boxers where they have different, they have names, but then they have names. So it's, it's like, what are these names? Because those names associated with the characteristic of who they were and who they are. So my question is, is when your name is spoken... What do people think about? Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 6. 
You know, I've studied a lot of different people, different greats. I have several, um, in my office at home, I have several um, plaques on the wall with speeches. I've got President Lincoln with the Gettysburg Address. I've got Martin Luther King uh, on my wall with uh, the I Have a Dream speech. Different ones. and Let me get, let me get to Luke chapter 6 first. I'm not too good at multitasking. You know, so my wife is like, she'll tell me one thing and then she'll tell me another thing. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I, let me finish this thing first. <laughs> it's like, and, I, and, and she was like, uh, what, you did this one and this one, but you forgot that. I was like, just give me one thing at a time. That's all. <laughs> Am I the only one? Never mind. Thank you, Father. What makes a great name? You know, I have a picture of the, the I Have a Dream speech on my wall in my office. And, and that speech is amazing. You know, what does he say? I have a dream that one day my four little children pretty much goes on to say will be not be known for judged by the color of their skin. Because in most people, that, that's in society today, it's like, We'll, we'll use that part in talking about the exterior. But the most important part of Martin Luther King's speech was the conduct of your, their character. That, that's, that's, that's really what we should understand from his speech. And that we could, to make our nation great, to make our families great, to make our communities great, is not talking about just having an exterior judgment but the point of that I wouldn't be judged by not the, necessarily the color of our skin, but the conduct of our character. Because that's what makes a great name. Our, a, a name. If you want to build a name from here on out, like I said, it's not about yesterday. It's about choosing right now. It's about choosing right now. And, and it's my attitudes. It's my behaviors. It's my actions. It's my deeds. It's my words. It's how I treat others. It's how I love. It's how I forgive. It's how I serve. That all of a sudden is going to change people's perspective about my name. In uh, Luke, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 43, it says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bushes. So, you know, my, my thing for me is like, I don't want to be a tree that's full of thorns. I want to be a tree that's full of figs and fruit. Because people don't want thorns. People resist thorns. People don't want to be... Uh, People don't want to be associated with thorns or briars. They want to be associated with something that's fruitful. But this is all talking about a tree. So here it goes. It says a good man. It says the good man out of the good treasure of his heart. So, so what is the good things going to come out? It's going to come from my heart. It's this core of who I am. And it's what comes out of here as to determine whether I'm going to be a good tree or a bad tree. And good fruit doesn't come from a bad tree. 
So therefore, I got to work on the root of my life in order me to gain the fruit that people want to feed from. I want to be fruitful. How about you? I want to be someone that they can depend upon. I want my, my, my wife and my children to be able to depend upon me. You know, Annette and I both having faced divorce and going, uh, going through things and having a blended family and going into having, um, she had three children, I had one, and bringing together as a blended family, I asked, asked the Lord, I said, what is the biggest thing that you want me to bring into their lives? He said, Stability. He goes, they've had enough of things that they can't depend upon. Christians, situations, circumstances. I want you, them to be able to eat the fruit of stability in your life. So that's a choice. That's a choice. And it is a a value that I have to hold true because then it affects my other choices. Because if I make this choice, then evidently I make this negative choice, then all of a sudden is that's not speaking to the fruit of stability. And you can, you can work that in any dynamic in your life. But I don't want to be a bad tree because a bad tree can't produce good fruit. And there's not one person in this room this morning that says, yes, pastor, I'm settling to be a bearer of bad fruit. Pastor, I want to be thorny. No, you want fruit. You, you want to be fruitful. You, you, want to, you want to say, you know, it's like if you're on a team, you want to say, coach, give me the ball. Coach, put me in. I, I have something to offer. I have something, I have something to do here. I've got a destiny. Give me the ball. Give me an opportunity. But if all of a sudden the, the coach is like, well, but maybe you didn't show up on time there. You dropped the ball there. You're, you know, it was your attitude stunk there. You, you know what I mean? It's like you're not going to get picked. There was this one guy I played, uh, played uh, baseball with, and, and man, he was a great pitcher. Great. I mean, at, I think we were at 13 years of old, he was throwing 83 miles an hour. And that, that, was, that was just, that actually was 12, and so that's at 60 feet. Later on, he ended up, he ended up playing for the, the Diamondbacks, and, um, and actually came in with relieve Randy Johnson, and, and uh, played against him in... But yet, at the same time, there was another gentleman that threw just as hard. He actually had a lot more pitches than he did. But yet, no one would pick him because he threw tantrums. Both of them had the same skill. One went on because, because of the character that was behind the name. You choose. Timothy says this. He goes, Paul tells Timothy, he goes, you know, you could be vessels of gold or silver. He says, you choose. It's not God's choice. It's your choice what vessel you determine to be. I don't know about you, but I want to be a gold vessel. I want to be a container that people can, can pull on and a container that people can receive from. And, it, and it's not to, you know, now think about this. What does power flow through the best? So a wooden vessel, a regular vessel is not a conductor of power. You know, the greatest 
the greatest, and, and I may be wrong here, Thomas, you can correct, you might help, help me out here. <laughs> but one of the greatest conductors of electricity and power is gold. Is that right? Okay. So when, when Paul's telling Timothy that, 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 be the, choose to be this vessel, it wasn't just so the vessel would look pretty. It's because God can do and flow power through a golden vessel better than he can throw through a wooden vessel. But it's, it's your choice. Your choices, your attitude, your actions are shaping your name. Let's keep reading here. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. What for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth will speak. There's two things. First thing I dealt with was deeds. What gives you a good name? Your deeds. Your actions, your attitudes. The second thing is your words. What's coming out of your mouth? Are you building things up or are you tearing things down? Your tongue is like a ship of a rudder. It's direct, it doesn't just direct your life, but it can direct Arthur's life. It can direct Keith's life, Vic's life. People want to be around other people that encourage them. Are you speaking words that build up your wife or tear down your wife? Because somewhere in there, I'm telling you, everything's going to come back to your actions and your words. Because somewhere, and ultimately we know that the, the words are a result of the heart. Right? So everything flows from the heart. A good tree, bad tree. The heart. So it's going to be my actions, it's going to be my words. My actions and my words... My actions and my words are going to carry me to a greater destiny. It's going to cause things to be fruitful around me. Let's be vessels that release encouragement into our spouses. Let's champion their success, not our own success. Let's champion what, what, what means something to them and not something that we're trying to get. You know, people say, well, well, Pastor, I, I've, man, I'm, I'm this age and you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what my whole family thinks of me. None of my family trusts me. It can change. Yes. You know, when I first moved here, man, not when I first moved here. When I first got born again, 20 years of age. So you heard some of my stories. And I had family, when I first moved here, I had family, I had friends, and told them that I got born again, I got saved. And it was even five years later, I'd been, I had, I had um, actually even longer than that, because it was after I moved here, so I was saved for eight years, moved here in 99, I became a pastor. So you're looking at almost 12 years later. I go back to Maryland, and I do my uh, cousin's wedding. And, I had, and we, we had some of the same friends growing up. And so these were friends I partied with, rolled blunts with. I mean, stole, stole cars with, broke into, broke into cars at dealerships and steal the Alpine stereo out of them. I mean, this was some of the things your pastor would do. And so these were people I did that with. I mean, this is all growing up. And even, even friends of my parents, people I went to church with. This was 12 years after I got born again. I'm doing the wedding 
I'm the one officiating the wedding. And I had people come up to me and goes, some of my family friends, people, my parents, we thought that, that church thing was kind of like a lie. You just had to, you went to jail or something. And, and you, it's like you went to Texas and, and somehow we, we didn't know. It's like you're, you're like really a Christian. You're like, you're like, you, this is like real to you. I'm like, it is. Why? Because in my, they couldn't, they couldn't see my present because they were still viewing me as the little punk kid. That had a mouth bigger than he was. But I'm telling you, it can change. Amen. I asked the Lord, is like, I was like, what, how can I, what can I get, what scripture could I give to the guys this morning to, to let them know that they can change their name from who they've always been to something what it is today? And he took me to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. So good name is established by what? Deeds and what? Words. Deeds and words. Galatians chapter 1. Verse 21 says, Afterward, I went into the region of Syria and Cilicia. Cilicia, And this is Paul speaking. Now listen to this. I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they were hearing only. This is what they were hearing. He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. They did not know what he looked like, but they sure knew his name. And I often wondered, I was like, like, well, why did Paul go by Paul? Because his name was Saul. They're like, well, God changed his name. No, he didn't. God, God never changed Saul's name to Paul. I think it could be one or two reasons. One, he was called to the, he was called to the, uh, the Gentiles, and so Paul was a Hebrew name. And Saul was a Jewish name. But maybe it was because they knew Saul as the murderer. Now, I'm not saying you need to go out and change your name because your name up to this time hasn't been... Probably what you think it should be. We're not going to do any name changes. Maybe, maybe by the Spirit we'll, we'll create a new name for you. But the point is, it says he was unknown to them by their face. But yet he, they knew his past. And if you, if, you, uh, if you keep reading earlier on here, it said when they went to them, it said that Barnabas and him, they, re- they ended up receiving the right hand of fellowship. Meaning they received him and they were like, yes, he is born again. Yes, he met Jesus. So it doesn't matter about your past. They, they, might, they might know your name, but that doesn't mean that, that you can't change how they see you now. You can, you can give people a new perspective about your past. Father, I thank you for giving us a new name. Hallelujah. Philippians 2 says this. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And went on to say, it goes on to say that God gave him a name that was above every other name. Another part of uh, Proverbs 22, we won't turn back there. But it goes on to say, it says, a good name is to be chosen rather than riches. 
And then it also talks about that loving favor. Loving favor. So, so the issue is a good name can produce future favor. Why do I need a good name? Because favor ain't fair. Favor is not fair. So Jesus submitted and humbled himself and God gave him because he was choosing to carry on the name of God. God gave him a name above every other name that every knee would bow and tongue confess. So when he was choosing to have a good name, it was in that that God was able to exalt Jesus. So loving favor. So I should be, as I choose a good name, it produces loving favor in my life. Go to Acts chapter 6. Don't think I have too much longer here. Favor. Good name produces favor. Second time, let's look at verse 3. It says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. It didn't say just say, seek out seven men. It said seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually, but will give themselves continually to prayer into the ministry of the word. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. So it was their good reputation which would produce a good name that would bring favor into their lives. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, and they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation. Wow. Who was God using? It wasn't just men. But he was looking for people with a good reputation. Well, a good reputation has to be connected to a good name. Why? Because a good name can produce favor. Good name can give you access to things that other people don't have access to. A good name. So I can't, I have to look at myself and say, I have the ability through, through God as I Watch my life, my deeds, and my words that God can then open doors that no man can shut for me. A good name will cause doors to open for you. I mean, think about the restaurants that you like. You're not going to go to a restaurant that someone told you was horrible. No, you're going you're to take their word for it if you trust them. Oh, that, that restaurant's horrible. And you're like, well, there's so many choices. Why would I choose that? I don't want to pay to have a horrible experience. But yet, but yet a restaurant that's good, you're going you're to tell other people and what more people are going to go. More people are going to go. Why? Because a good name can produce favor. A good name can produce greater opportunities. A good name. Do you see that? All the people that God could have showed up for, the Gentiles, at that time, and yet God showed up and he visited this one man. Why? His name. A good reputation. He cried out to God. He wanted more. Now, just these are side I'm not Now, when I use this, I'm not comp- trying to compare ourselves to God or Jesus. 
But think about these statements for a moment. Matthew 12, 21 says this. In his name, the Gentiles shall trust. Wow. And you're like, well, he's talking about Jesus. I, I get that. But yet, if Jesus didn't have the character that he had, would people ever trust it in his name? So much so that even we have, we have religions in the world, Islam, for instance, that still believe in the character of Jesus and they still follow Jesus as a good teacher and a good prophet. I mean, it started 690 years after. But, but the but point is, is even they can recognize that Jesus was a good man. So it says, in, in his name, the Gentiles will trust. So I have to ask myself, okay, can the people of heritage trust Justin? Can they trust in my name? Because the name is not just a name, but it's the character, the quality, the words, the consistency, the commitment, the attitude, the behavior, the love, the forgiveness, the strength, the guidance, the wisdom that accompanies everything that's in that name. So a name is so much more than just Justin. Another, another scripture, Psalms 10, 12 says, those who know your name trust in you. Those who know your name trust in you. The people that know you, can they trust your name? Maybe they, they couldn't yesterday, but you, you can change that today. Let me close with these two thoughts. Go to 2 Corinthians 2, and I'm going to read this other scripture, and then we'll close. Thank you, Father. Second Corinthians 2. Before I read that, I'll read this scripture. If you're taking notes, you can write down Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1. One version says, A good reputation is better than precious perfume. Think about it. A good reputation is better than precious perfume. What does that mean? Is someone knows you're coming, you're not there yet, they can smell your fragrance. Not saying because you smell, they know you're coming, and therefore they know your reputation. So the question is it, oh, Jesus. Or is it, man, I can't wait, I can't wait till Danny's here. I can't wait till Danny's here. You see, your reputation is like a precious perfume. It's costly. It's valuable. It affects others. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the environment. That's what perfume does. Let's read 2 Corinthians 2. I think it's verse 14. He goes, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now listen to this. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are aroma of death 
leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life, leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as to many peddling the word of God, but as a sincerity, but as from God we speak in the sight of God in Christ. I wanted to bring that out because your life is speaking something. Is it life to life or is it death to death? What is your life speaking? Tell you a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. But I'm confident. I'm confident in saying this, that a great name, a good name can produce great wealth. Amen. Now, great wealth can't produce a great name. But I'm telling you, a good name can produce great wealth. And maybe not at first, maybe not at first, material wealth. But how about wealth of relationships? What about wealth of hearing God's voice? What about the wealth of being able to pray for others? What about new friendships? What about a church growing and expanding and becoming greater in its community? A good name is rather to be chosen than great wealth. Know that it produces loving favor. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, as I look across at these men, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you know them by name. You know they're rising up, they're going down. You know their tragedies and you know their triumphs. And I declare from this day forward, the enemy will not mark them by the name of their past. But I thank you, Lord, that with you, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, you will champion their future. Thank you, Lord, that one day when, as Revelations talks about, Lord, that there's one day that you will give us a new name. Thank you, Father, for causing us to navigate our lives in such a way that causes people to trust in our name now. That we will totally change people's perspective about us because of our deeds and our actions. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you got one other thing the Lord put in my heart and you have a note card... At your, if you need another note card, you might have taken notes on that card. If you, if, you need a, if you need another note card, just raise your hand. Do we have more note cards, Freddie? Just raise your hand. If you use that note card to take notes, you're going to need that note card. So raise your hand if you, need, if, you, if you wrote on your note card and you need a card. It's okay if you did. I'm glad you took notes. Just keep your hand up. Now... What we're going to do with this, while they're passing those out, is maybe there's things in your past. Maybe there's even things on how you see yourself in a negative way. It could be one thing. I want it to be at least one thing. Write down at least one thing. But if there's multiple things, that's fine. You don't, need to, don't put your name on it. Because realize that if you wrote that down, more than likely there's probably someone else that wrote the same thing down. And what we're going to do 
is we're going to collect them. Like I said, don't put your name on them. We're going to collect them. And then we're going to hand them back out. And someone else will get your card. And their assignment is to not just pray for the person who wrote that card. But your assignment is for you to pray over the men of heritage of faith. And so you're, you're, going to be, you're going to be looking at what is that person needing prayer for? What does that person want to change about their name? What are some things that they want to see different in their lives? And it doesn't need to be a book. It doesn't need to be super long. But this is a point of contact that we can be praying for the men of heritage. And you have something tangible that you say, you know what? This gentleman. You know, for me. So you, you can, one thing that I know I've battled with in my life. That, that's kind of hindered me some areas is indecisiveness. I'm just being honest. Where it's like I, I, I have, okay, four choices. And I know the Lord tells me this one, but it's kind of like I hesitate. And it's like, no, I don't want to be indecisive. I want to be decisive. I want to be able to make a decision with confidence. So for, for, for me, and I'm sure there's other men. You, any other men, you, you have issues of being indecisive. Okay, see, I'm not the only one. So this isn't a, this isn't a, a to, to show how weak you are. This is, this is for us to become stronger. And, and, and things that may hinder, and these could be things that may hinder people's confidence in your name. Because if you're indecisive, then what happens is, is people might not have confidence in my leadership. Does that make sense? So, so when you're writing something down, and this is, when you get that card, you're going to take that home. I have a thing that, that people have given me and praying for. Some people have written checks to us um, for the church and not signed them. But they're believing for a certain amount to be able to sow into the church. And so I have that in, in my I have stuff all down my mirror. And so when I'm getting ready, I, I'm seeing that. I'm laying hands on that. I'm praying over their business. I'm praying over their life, their family, doing that. I see it every day. So, so it's can something you can put, you know, I put it like behind the mirror that's on, on my wall. And it just sticks out and I see it. It makes me think of it. So put this into something in, in a place where you'll see it, put it where your speedometer is in your car, whatever it is, so you can say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for the men of heritage. Hey, we're coming to a place where our name is good. We have good names. Our names, people always, people always choose the men from heritage. You know, uh, you know um, yes, Lord. Let me make this statement. The Holy Spirit just brought this up to my attention. I, I was talking to a, a young person at the church and uh, they were having some challenges with some things, and it was they were dealing with some family issues. And they were like, you know, I don't want to be like I don't want to be like my, my my family. And and so I just out of my heart I spoke to him. I said there will never be another blank like this blank. For I'll use my name. There will never there will never be a bridges that lives like this bridges. Now, I'm not calling myself better than. That's not, that's not the point. The point is, is I'm going to live different than the generations before me. Like, no, no Jim Greco is going to live like that Jim Greco. But then Gabe's going to be like, no, no Jim Greco is going to live like this Jim Greco. <laughs> but the point is, is for you to value how valuable your name is. That no, no, you don't have to carry on the, your family's legacy. No, no one's going to live like this. And then you train your children to say, hey, I want you to live. I want you to, I want you to prosper more than I ever did. I want, I want Corey, Andy, Ryan, and Bryn to go way beyond Annette and I. Every father should desire that for their children. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
If they don't, you're stupid. You're stupid. It's not a competition. So, hey, so, so just so think of that. It's like no one's going to live like this, this, this person. So, so go ahead and take a moment to, to write something on that card. Once you're done, just uh, pass them to the center and then um, just flip them over, pass them to the center. And then Freddie's going to go around and, and collect all of them. Put it in the center, and then Freddie's going to go around. Do you want to? Actually, Jeremiah, uh, um, fill in if you want to go to the, each table and, and collect their pile, and Freddie would get the side, or just have a representative from each group. If if you got all your tables uh, packed, just raise it up. Make sure you turn one in, please. Because you don't turn one in, that means someone's not going to get one. Okay? So please, make sure you turn it in. How many people, while they're still collecting, how many people here are new to Heritage just within the last three months? I was like, Richard, you're not. You got Arthur. I was like, Richard. You got Arthur. Anyone else? I know we got Ben over here. We got Stephen over here. Is Michael? So make sure, I know Ben just moved from California, him and his wife, and they were at some friends of ours church in California, so it's it's good to have them move to town and met Stephen. And first time we got to meet Michael today, and of course got to meet Arthur. Hallelujah! Thank you. You got another? Oh, he's got a card. He's like trying to get. He's like I shouldn't raise my hand. Okay, now um, just kind of shuffle them up, Freddie, and then we'll hand them back out. Or actually, just we'll, we'll, hand, we'll hand you one on your way out the door. How about we do that? That would just speed things up. Did you receive something today? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You enjoy, enjoy our time together. Yeah. Now, mark your, mark your calendars. We're still working on the details, but our plan is to do, uh, do a, men's, uh, a men's weekend. We're not sure how it's going to look yet, whether we're going to go somewhere, go somewhere or whether it's going to be here on a Friday night and a Saturday morning. We're still trying to find some places. Uh, so anyway, we'll do something the first weekend in October. Um, it'll be like a men's retreat or something like that. So let me pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the, the men that are here. And even those that uh, couldn't make it today, I just thank you that you continue to connect us stronger and stronger together. 
as men uh, in the body of Christ, at heritage. And Lord, cause us to be the men of God that you see, that we would be the, the men of destiny for our children and for our spouses and those that we work with. And Lord, I just thank you for your hand on our lives, that you make us greater. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go give him Jesus.